Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Thank you. My name is uh, Mitch. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Mitch. Hey. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny because, I mean, we've been doing Zoom for a long time, and I just started going to an in-person meeting on Thursday night that Mitch started, and I've uh, been the treasurer since uh, she's been the secretary. And it's a small group, you know, real intimate, and and it's nice because uh, we get an opportunity to share a lot <laughs> about what's going on and on the topic. And, um, and it's nice because it, for me, it, it's a safe place where I can show up and tell my truth, you know, and, um, and feel safe because it's a small, intimate group. And we all do that. So it's, it's, um, uh, I think that we all feel that, feel that safety. And I haven't always felt that way in the rooms of OA. And, um, but uh, this, this, uh, the people I see here, most of you anyway, I know fairly well and trust and have seen you, you know, so, and in reality, you know, in reality, it doesn't really matter what anybody thinks of my share, you know what I mean? Because I've bombed a few times, you know, and I've been, I've been my worst critic. So, you know, anyway, um, you know, I, I grew up uh, in a, uh, or, well, when I was a kid, kid, we, my dad had a job and we had food in the house. And we got, you know, uh, they would go shopping on Friday and they would bring us back, uh, you know, Cracker Jacks, you know, and uh, get those little rings, you know, and uh, stuff and fake tattoos. And, uh, you know, and um, there was, but then, you know, I mean, I was fairly young when my uh, father's mother passed away. And he decided to uh, be unemployed and basically unemployable with his drinking. Um, And he wasn't a nice drunk. He wasn't, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of people, they get drunk and they're happy. Well, my father got drunk and got violent. And uh, and he was very abusive. uh, verbally, uh, more than physically, with uh, us, but he used to beat my mom in front of us until I told him that if he ever hit her again in front of me, I would kill him, and I meant it. I was so shut down. If I had had a butcher knife at the time, I could have stuck him and not felt a damn thing because I was just so uh, abused that way to watch somebody, you know, beat the crap out of your mother. And, uh, and he never did. I found out later that my mom tied him up 
that night and hit him with a frying pan and told him that she'd keep on hitting him if he ever touched her again. And I thought it was me, <laughs> but it was my mom. She told me that later, you know. So this is kind of the home I grew up in. And uh, and at this time, there wasn't a lot of food in the house. So um, we got by, you know. Um, and uh, eventually, you know, um, I grew up and went to work and um, got money and the weight started coming on. I started struggling with the weight, even though at the time I didn't know it. I, I just, you know, I didn't, I wasn't focused on it. It wasn't anything that, uh, it just wasn't anything. The first time I noticed is that when I went into the Air Force when I was 20, and I came out of basic training about 25 pounds heavier than when I went in. So I gained like 25 pounds in uh, six weeks. And, um, and it was the Air Force, so it wasn't a lot of muscle. Because <laughs> we didn't have to do push-ups and run around a bunch and carry 50-pound packs. You know, I wasn't in the Marine Corps. So, you know, it was, it was basically, that was like the first time in a long time where... I was eating three meals a day and eating all I could and eating it as fast as you could because they only gave you a certain amount of time. And, uh, and I, that's what I did. So when I got out of basic training, I went on the alcohol, coffee, cigarette diet. And that worked real good to get me back to my, uh, you know, a comfortable weight. And, um, I stayed on that diet for a really long time. <laughs> and, um, and when I stopped that particular uh, diet, um, the weight came back on and kept coming on. And I started going to the gym and I was like going to the gym and start, you know, it started out just going to the gym and then it ended up being anywhere from two and a half to four and a half hours a day of being in the gym. So it was, it was insane. And um, I didn't, I didn't have a name for it, but my sponsor pointed out that that was exercise bulimia. Cause I always thought bulimia was, you know, putting your finger down your throat and puking. Um, found a whole lot of other ways to, to practice bulimia when I got into OA. <laughs> and uh, I've not participated in any of them, but because I did my fair share at the gym. So um, I, uh, I, was, I had this job and uh, I got promoted, came back and uh, started talking to one of the people that I worked in the same office with, but never really talked to about a project. He asked me what my spiritual life was because he saw that and I had been in an ashram for 12 years at that time because this is right around the time I left. And uh, well, it was prior to that, but so, and I told him and then he told me he was a member of Overeaters Anonymous. And, I thought that was funny because I thought he was, a, he looked like an alcoholic, you know, he broken capillary nose and shit, you know. And then uh, 
I remember I took a friend of mine to an OA meeting and I, I, uh, we got there late and uh, she needed to go, but I didn't and I, I never came back. And so I would tell him, tell him about that, you know, and he said, yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty good. You know, I've gotten a lot of that. Why don't we have lunch and talk about spirituality or talk about God? And that's like, that's the last thing I want to do. Talk about God at lunch. You know, I mean, I want to eat my lunch. Right. And I really didn't see a problem with my food. I, did, I, I know a lot of you have, but I didn't. I didn't see. I, I know I ate kind of crazy and sugar was definitely you know if I started on sugar I didn't end I knew that but you know I hadn't at that time I hadn't eaten sugar in two years you know just like I ain't eating that <clears throat> poison you know and I uh, didn't have no program around it you know <clears throat> and I tell you the ashram was no place <laughs> you could you could get all spiritual all you want and float out of there and next thing you know you're face down in the food again you know so that kind of spirituality didn't help me <clears throat> so anyway we started having lunch together because i out of my mouth came yeah why not you know or, yes whatever you know and uh eventually you know he uh i told him about all these medical conditions depression and migraine headaches and sinus problems and stomach problems and cracking in my fingers cracking and he told me that his wife was a nutritionist and she worked with people with medical problems around their food. And it, you know, it sounded like waving dead chickens around. It didn't sound like anything that was going to work, you know. But eventually I got desperate enough and I said, okay, yeah, let me hook me up, you know. So he did. He got me an appointment. I went and um, she just totally flipped my food, just totally whatever I was eating. And shortly, I mean, real quickly, the, the depression was gone and uh, my five minutes is up. So I got, I mean, my 10 minutes, I have five more. Let me just set the timer. Okay, so then, um, so when the depression lifted, because I, you know, I really thought the only time I was depressed is when I wanted to kill myself, which was, you know, a couple of times a year, maybe. And, uh, but when I, when it got lifted, it was like, holy shit, I've been depressed all my life, as far back as I could remember, you know, because I never seen the world the way I was now seeing the world. I'm kind of used to it now, so it's not a bigger shock. But at the time, it was a shock. It was like, oh, what? This is weird. How do I act? Because <laughs> I didn't know how to act not being depressed. You know what I mean? I didn't know how to be. I didn't, how do you act? You know? So, you know, you just one day at a time, like everything else, you know? How do you not compulsively overeat? One day at a time. You know, you don't, you know, how do you learn how to act? When, you, when your life changes so dramatically, one day at a time. So eventually she, you know, I was going through some physical stuff and she suggested that uh, I go to OA for me because I was going to the lifeboat meeting with them. I'd have my appointment with her on Friday 
And after that, we'd have dinner. She'd cook dinner for me and my friend. And then we'd go to the lifeboat meeting, you know. And the first person I heard speak was her. And I was like, holy shit. She came from the same kind of family I came from. Totally nuts, totally crazy, alcoholic all over the crazy. Just, and I'm, and she's talking about it like she's not stuck in that no more. And I was still kind of stuck in that, you know. I mean, I got some relief from my spiritual life, but I was still kind of, I was like, I want what she has, you know. And then the next week it was him, my friend, and I went, oh, he's got it too. Well, his family wasn't as crazy as mine, a little bit different crazy, but still kind of crazy. And I, so there was two people right there that I first two speakers. It was like, it's powerful shares. Just, you know, they're not all crazy. They're not all stuck in, you know, in that <laughs> insanity that, uh, you know, that uh, coming from that kind of environment has. <clears throat> so that was an incentive to, uh, you know, when, when she told me to go for myself, it was like, okay, I'll go. And sure enough, you know, when I started going for myself, I heard a lot of people talking about a lot of stuff that, you know, I was still stuck on, you know, and, and, and then it was like, you know, they would talk and I started really seeing, yes, I am a compulsive reader. Yes, I was exercise bulimic. Yes, I restricted it. I remember going on those crazy ass diets where you, you drink two shakes and you have a sensible dinner. And my sensible dinner was a salad. Yeah. And one day I was at a business meeting and I passed out. Bam! Right on the fucking floor, man. They wouldn't let me come back to work until I got a doctor's note. Yeah, crazy. Just, you know, crazy ass diets like that, you know. And here was people in the room talking about those kind of, you know, starving themselves and going on these crazy ass diets. And, you know, and none of them worked and none of them worked for me either. You know, even the, even the cigarette alcohol and coffee diet didn't work too well. You know, I mean, it worked enough, but. It wasn't the best thing in the world, you know, for a diet. And um, so anyway, I got a, less than a minute. And um, so I just kept coming back. I just kept coming back. I started working with this guy, a sponsor, and he got me working the steps out of the book and got me writing these 10 steps. And I got to put all my anger on the 10 steps instead of putting it on you. Because <laughs> then I had to come back and do a 10 step with you, I had to apologize. And I want to do that. So I just keep my mouth shut, walk away and start writing about how I think you were wrong and you know, whatever else I thought about you. It went on the paper. And then eventually, you know, I got some relief. Things started dropping away. You know, a lot of my anger started dropping away. I used to have this emotional shotgun, you know, strapped to my side. And if you brushed across my ego, I'd blast you with it. I'd tell you where to go and who you could take with you and what you could do when you got there. And, you know, that's my time. And one day I went reaching for that shotgun and it was gone. And I'm like, wow, how do you live without a shotgun? One day at a time, right? So anyway, that's my story. There's more to it. But I've been here and I've been abstinent for over 20 years, maintaining a healthy body weight. Thank you very much.